0: lies lies and more lies and more embarrassing crap out of Joe Biden's mouth just shut up myocarditis chances not very good in spite of what they may tell you and quarantine camps in New York Why? yeah that's back in the news. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We made it. It's Friday. Yay, Friday, Friday. Anyway, welcome in. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. You start your day with the uh, the show. And don't forget, please, if you don't mind, hit that uh, follow button. It's over here. It's a little green circle, oval button. It says follow on it. Just give it a click. You're done. Free for you. Helps the show a lot. We really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. So, yeah, we got all that and more coming up. And, of course, Animal Farm will be also coming up right now, though. Let's just take 60 seconds to tell you about one of our incredible sponsors, and that would be Blackout Coffee. Be awake, not woke. ha! <laughs> love it. Yes, Dan Bongino has also got his own blend of coffee over there at Blackout Coffee. This is incredible. They also support our troops, of course. Listen, folks, if you drink as much coffee as I do, you know what good coffee is all about. And blackout coffee is all about good coffee. That would be enough. But they do you one better because this company is an American company and they are founded on the principles of conservative values. Hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values is the other thing this company is all about and frankly besides the fact that they make the most amazing cup of coffee you need to support a company like this that does everything they can to support our troops to support our values our conservative values best fresh roasted coffee it's all done in-house Premium-grade green coffee beans grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, best soil. All that goes into working with local co-ops and American farmers, and they grow this high-quality coffee. Special adherence to what's known as the small-batch roasting process, which means, you know, they, they roast it in small batches. It is what it says. It's just not this gigantic, huge factory they're, you know, roasting Piles and pi- It's done almost, not one at a time, but virtually one at a time. Roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed from the time you order, 24 to 48 hours. It's roasted and shipped out, so another couple of days to get to your home, and you have what is... Absolutely the best fresh roasted coffee from Blackout Coffee. Use the link in our show notes. That will get you a special deal. And do not forget that when you check out, you use the code J20, J A Y 20, and you will get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order is huge. And this coffee. Yeah, just try a bag. That's all you got to do. You don't need to order five thousand pounds of the stuff. You can if you like, but just try one bag and you'll be back because it's just that good. If you're not a big coffee fan, they also have an amazing line of teas, flavored teas, and Cocos too with some of the most incredible flavors of cocoa. Check out their website. Use the link in our show notes for Blackout Coffee. And thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being being part of the show. We are very very proud to have you on board. One thing we're not very, very proud of is the idiot in chief in the White House who has done everything he can to embarrass himself, embarrass the country. Uh, <laughs> this is not him lying, this is him putting on a do rag and start uh, playing uh, Despacito. Oh, man, he, you know, like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah, it's another one of those idiot things. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, and the workers without high school diplomas. You, you know the workers without high school diplomas, african americans and hispanics. Yes, he actually said that. That's him. It's not edited. Yeah, he just said that. Just cannot avoid opening your mouth, either lying, embellishing stories, having to try and connect with things that he has no right connecting with. And again, the biggest thing, just simply a lie. Here's another one just happened. I used to teach political theory. Joe Biden lies again about being a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Thursday, yesterday, delivered remarks on his failed economic agenda called Bidenomics at Princeton, uh, Prince George's Community College in Largo, Maryland, he once again brazenly, outright, flat lied about being a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He said, quote, I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory, end quote. It's one of Biden's favorite lies. Let's uh, give him a, him a chance, chance to lie, lie again. Our democracy is under attack. And We got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years. and I used to teach political theory. And Folks, we always hear every generation has to fight for democracy. Once again, that never happened. He is a legend in his own mind. He was paid a million bucks by UPenn, but he never taught a single class. Corrupt politician, pathological liar, never a professor, never a teacher. A million bucks from UPen to basically do nothing. Unbelievable. He has repeated this lie over and over and over again and the mainstream media? Dead silence. Never, never calls him out on these lies. He just keeps going. Unbelievable. From uh, Trending Politics News, Believe it or not, when you lost CNN, mm, you are in serious trouble. CNN calls Biden out for multiple lies, including fake Ground Zero appearance. The mainstream media, including CNN, is, as you can notice, starting to sour on Biden. His outlandish claims that he visited Ground Zero the day after Tuesday, CNN host fact checked the president a day after he gave a speech in Anchorage, Alaska. Here we go. See if we can get this up. See if it'll run. There might be an ad here, so bear with me. Yeah, there is. Okay, enough with the ad. Can we just move on, please? I'm not giving anything to go send me. Come on, skip it, damn it!
1: What is wrong? Man, the net is being very weird tonight. I hope I'm doing alright out there, pushing
0: out the signal. Uh, right, that's just not gonna work. Anyway... Oh, maybe now. Maybe not. <laughs> um, this reporter, and uh, reporters I should say, uh, Went on describing, describing Biden's claim that he was arrested at a civil rights he protest. He has Here's done,
1: a... I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up. Quite like this before he had this president has uh, a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past his biography he did it three times in one speech last month alone uh, he claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later he claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital in fact his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state not not the same hospital um, and uh, and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights protest when in other versions of the story, he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshipers were killed in a 2018 match shooting. In fact, he had actually spoken to the Uh, but never never went. Um, And he's made a whole bunch of others too. Uh... And there you go. It It just goes goes on on and on and
0: on and on and on and 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 it never ever stops. And nobody calls him out on it. Peter Ducey from Fox, maybe, but beyond that, nobody. And now you see, of course, Hunter's been charged with some felony. Oh, how convenient. The charges that Hunter is uh, been uh, hit with felonies are the only offenses that have nothing to do with his father. How convenient how convenient unbelievable. Speaking of liars, guess who's back in the news) <sighs> He never goes away, and he never learns. Jesse Smollett, believe it or not, he's back. We already know, Jesse, you're full of crap, and you just won't learn. Take your paddling and go away, but nope, he won't do it. He's back in court, and he's looking to avoid jail time for his hate hoax conviction. Wait a minute. Hasn't this been like three, four, five years? Why are you not in jail now? Smollett's back in court this week as he seeks to have his 2019 conviction from orchestrating a hate crime against himself overturned. He's 41 years old, appeared in an Illinois appellate court Tuesday. His lawyers have argued the anger and public intrigue over the case led to the reinstatement of charges that were previously dismissed. The actor's legal team argued the reintroduction of charges violate the Fifth Amendment and double jeopardy precedents, which prevent prosecutors from bringing the same charges against a defendant twice. Public outrage, according to one of Smollett's lawyers, against the defendant cannot overrule the rule of law. If this appeal effort fails, Smollett will have to complete the 150-day jail sentence that was imposed on him in, yeah, see, 2022. So it was just a year ago. Previously spent six days in jail before he was released pending the outcome of the appeal, and they do not expect any kind of ruling in this case for at least six weeks. So, he's back in the news, he's trying to get himself out of trouble, and you know what, Jesse, you ruined your career, you wrecked just about everything else going on, so what more is there? Just give it up, do your time like a good little boy, and move on with whatever your career next is going to (sighs) be. Has it gotten bad enough yet? How about it, New York? Is it bad enough yet? Maybe, I think it's getting there. People in New York are getting fed up. They are taking to the streets to protest the insane amount of illegal aliens that have flooded the streets. Take a look at this. If you can't hear what they're saying, it's get them out. people are fed up, people have had enough, people are taken to the streets. When it gets bad enough, something will happen. But, like I said, at the moment, probably not just bad enough. It'll get there. Hey, you know we talked about uh, all of these uh, California rulings and laws and ridiculous things about Uh, kids who want to think they're some other gender or they want to pretend to be a mermaid or a fairy or whatever. Um, A magical fairy, I meant. Uh, That it's okay for teachers not to tell parents. Of course, they're fighting that tooth and nail and good on them. But this story, this is the way it's supposed to work. This is brilliant. It's just the words on a page, the post from X is in our show notes if you want to read it or share it out. Better yet, share it out on your social media. This woman writes, it's Suze Crimi, S-U-Z-C-R-I-M-I, at on X. She writes, so my daughter comes home from school earlier this week and she tells me she has a crush on a boy in her school. I went to pick her up yesterday and the teacher came out to say hi to me. And then her teacher said, in front of my child, did you tell your mommy your secret? And my kid said, yes, I told her. And I said, oh, what secret is that? And the teacher said, she said she has a crush on G. Now, to some people that might seem completely insignificant. But that is exactly how a teacher is supposed to act regarding all secrets, students tell them. The moment she saw this mother, she took the time to be sure that her child was not keeping secrets from the mom. The teacher clearly had no idea whether I knew this or not, she writes. She also had no idea if I'm a complete nutcase, and how I may have reacted to something so insignificant. But she recognized that none of that matters. All that matters is that I am her mother, and I need to know everything my child tells her. Period. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, and that's the kind of teachers we need in this country. Absolutely. absolutely freaking right. Myocarditis. Good stuff, huh? Yeah. The Ontario Health Minister. Dr. Kieran Moore. This comes from Canada, but it's just a little neighbor to the north. It'll leak down here, trust me. Blood on your hands, Trudeau. Take a listen to this before I make a comment about it. Take a listen. I just recommend it to everybody. Instead of saying it's a personal decision, because at
1: present we're doing a risk-based approach. Risk-based approach. The risk. Uh, there's always a risk to uh, to having any therapeutic to uh, to having any therapeutic, therapeutic 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 versus a benefit. You want to make sure there's a very strong benefit. Uh, versus the risk. For an 18 year old healthy individual, the risk, the risk to getting hospitaliza- hospitalized if we have no medical illness uh, is very, very low. We know there is a risk, a very small risk, one in 5,000 that may get myocarditis, for example. Uh, and uh, you'd have to have that discussion on the risk benefit of a complication from the vaccine versus a benefit of decreased hospitalization.
0: Excuse me? One in 5,000? A very small risk? One in 5,000 is in fact a huge risk. And a wildly low underestimation. Hey, if my odds of winning the lottery were one in 5,000, I'd buy a ticket every single day. In fact, I'd buy three. My odds of getting myocarditis from a jab were 1 in 5,000. I would avoid it like the plague. Are you kidding me? Tries to pass that off as a low risk. 1 in 5,000. That's Canada for you. And not so far away in new york this is from the brownstone institute a court thankfully has struck down quarantine camp regulations in new york it's just happened a couple of weeks ago we have a tremendous victory in new york supreme court judge struck down Hokel's forced quarantine regulations he ruled the isolation and quarantine procedures regulation is unconstitutional and volative of new york state law as promulgated and enacted and therefore null void and unenforceable as a matter of law good on you see ya see little bites that's all it's gonna take is little teeny tiny bites and we will get there. Slowly but surely, we will get there. Got another one for you. It's just words on a page, but I love these things because they make you think. You can put your, you know, hey, our live chat's open, by the way. I'm keeping an eye on it. Anything you want to say, you want to add to the show, you want to make comments, check it out, add it to the live chat. We'll see it. We'll talk about it. Here's one for you. What would your answer be? The only reason, this guy says, this is from Brock Riddick. At Brock Riddick, FB on uh, X. He says, the only reason they haven't turned off the internet and the power grid yet, the only reason is because they do not have a guarantee that this will destroy the world. If they were guaranteed it would destroy the world, they'd be shutting it off right now. If mankind, you and me, manage to adopt to this kind of an event, no power, no internet, it will never be dependent on the system again. The man that would rise without technology would be unbeatable. And they know that. And that is the only reason they haven't flipped that switch yet. Because they have no guarantee that people like you and I wouldn't rise up and be able to perfectly survive and fight back without power in the internet. They have no guarantee that would happen. And like Brock says, he's right. That is likely the only reason they haven't done it yet. They might not need to if these cyber attacks continue. This is a rather interesting story from Blaze Media. Are you a gambler guy? <laughs> I haven't gone in a long time, but I am a complete slot machine addict. I know it's the best way to lose your money, but I'm addicted, I love slot machines, I play them whenever I can or I can afford it, and uh, like I said, haven't been in a long time, I miss it badly, but uh, we have only one casino here, so uh, technically, but um, yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) I've won a whole bunch, thousands, and I've lost thousands too. So. Anyway, MGM Resorts, wow, what a story. A cyber attack has left MGM Resorts scrambling as many casino machines go blank and their room keys all malfunction. Look at this. That's the floor of the casino. All these machines all turned off, all blank. It's uh, just about every machine Widespread cyber attack caused significant disruptions to many operations at MGM Resorts International, including inoperable casino machines, malfunctioning room keys in Las Vegas. They own some of the most recognizable hotels and casinos across the country, especially in Las Vegas. Uh, the Bellagio, Mandela Bay, the MGM Grand, of course. Uh, now, a recent cybersecurity breach has wrecked havoc at these properties. According to the reports, the breach manifested itself earlier this week. Videos of silent casino machines with blank screens quickly went viral around the media. There, here's a, uh, here's a video of this one. Look at that. All these machines gone, shut down. Youch. You know what that's costing them every minute? Those machines are not working. The company released a statement admitting it had experienced a cybersecurity issue and had been in touch with law enforcement and leading external cybersecurity experts to try and resolve it. They also claim in the statement it had taken prompt action to protect systems and data, including shutting down certain systems. So it's kind of unclear whether or not the inoperable machines were the result of the attack or the result of the reaction to the attack. Part of it might have been to shut everything down. Possible. But yeah, MGM Grand with a huge, huge cyber attack. I mean, if you're not particularly a gambler, maybe that really doesn't bother you. You couldn't care less, but I am. (laughs) I'm more from Blaze Media. School board. Banning books, burning books, kind of. Believe it or not a school board has removed half of all the books, including anything that was deemed racist, oppressive, or, get this, published before 2009. No, I'm not kidding. Any book published before 2009, they've gotten rid of. And that would include all the classics, Peter Pan Wizard of Oz White Fang like the books we've been reading on our show dumped them gone look at that the Peel District School Board defended a practice that removed a huge number of books from its school libraries if they contained racist content stereotypes didn't affirm students' identities books like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, reportedly have been removed. This purge also included removing any books deemed to be outdated, like not published in the last 15 years. This is insane. School Board, Ontario, Canada, has thrown away thousands of books, according to the CBC, with many even being thrown in the garbage. An internal document from the Peel District School Board directed staff to engage in work to affirm identities, further stating the use of anti-racist, anti-oppressive, and anti-colonial text is crucial in teaching children. Get on this school board. Let them know you're not putting up with this crap. <laughs> we have new neighbors here at Rumble. We do indeed. You're gonna love this one. Remember, we just told you Roseanne Barr's moving her show over to uh, here on Rumble. Well, there's another shoe that fell, and that is uh, some of your favorite creepy weirdos, the Osborns <laughs> Oh yeah, your beloved Crazy Train awaits. The Osbournes are promoting their new podcast here on Rumble. Maybe I can get these guys in as a guest. Wouldn't that be cool? More big names using this platform as free speech becomes less and less available. The Osbournes, a name uh, once dominated reality TV, uh, are their back. And this time, trading in the video cameras for microphones. The iconic family, known for their crazy antics, Candid Moments, One-Liners, launching a podcast, and some of the biggest names to be promoting it on the free speech platform you are watching right now, Rumble. The Osbournes showcased their chaotic, endearing lives, Ozzy, Sharon, two of their kids, Jack and Kelly. The reality TV show was huge, and now... (laughs) They're coming here, folks. They're going to be here on Rumble. I cannot wait. Check it out. It's uh, rumble.com slash the Osborns podcast if you want to check it out. But uh, the story, the link to the story uh, from Reclaim the Net is there in our show notes tonight so you can read more about it. But that's very cool. We are very, very happy to have Roseanne, the Osborns, whatever crazies are out there. Bring them all in to the free speech platform. Get off YouTube, Twitch, all that other crap. Facebook, oh my God, please. Unbelievable. (sighs) One more and then we have our little upbeat thing and off we go to the races. The DHS has awarded $20 million to a program that flags Americans as potential extremists because of what they said online. This is from reclaimthenet.org. Links in our show notes. There's that moron. U.S. Department of Homeland Security, DHS, awarded 34 grants to as many organizations with a value of $20 million. Their role to undergo training in order to flag potential online extremists. Basically controlling your free speech here in America. And they're giving them 20 million bucks of your bucks to do it. The money spent from the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program for 2023. Recipients include police, mental health providers universities churches and school districts oh yeah like that last school district with the book banning brilliant so basically they are going to be keeping an eye on you and possibly labeling you as a domestic terrorist and the next thing you know it'll be FBI open up we want to talk to you I'm telling you, it never stops. All right, I got one more. It's a very quick video. Not really any sound involved. You don't worry about it. Are you afraid of heights? I'm not afraid of heights. I, I, I don't mind heights. I will confess something to you, though. When I'm up on a very tall building or out on the roof of a, you know, multi, multi multi-level 20, 30 floor building, I have this nearly, thank God it's controllable, but nearly uncontrollable urge to jump. Is that normal? I don't think so, but I've always had it my whole life. Whenever I get up to the edge, I have to physically say to myself, don't do it. Don't do it. I know that's kind of weird. Don't report me but I I actually do. Anyway, but I don't really have a fear of heights. I don't mind heights. They don't bother me. Well, there is this, I think this is China, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) which would figure. There is this, Here, let me show you, let me show you the picture before I play the video. Let's check this out. Okay, so we've got this, uh, can we get my mouse back? There we go, so we've got this bridge with these open borders. I'm sorry if you're on the podcast, listen to our, or watch our show over, our video show over on Rumble. rumble.com slash the J. Sheldon Show. All right, so this guy is tied up. He's tethered off with this safety rope, with the harness, and then on go, he's going to run across these planks to the other side. If he missteps, he's gonna fall. Now, he's got the safety rope on, okay? So we're just gonna get a bit of a bounce, and that'll be it. Maybe. Take a look. Are you kidding me? Look at that. It was never attached. It was never attached. Watch again. There you go, see? Boom, 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 and boom off. if he hadn't made it he would have been gone bye that is some scary crap maybe I am afraid of heights oh man I'm telling you wow can you imagine what he must have... Fa- he needed a new pair of shorts after that, I'm very sure. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Ooh. The dogs are back. Great. Neighbors are having a party tonight, by the way. I'm surprised you can't hear it, but thankfully you can't. You can hear their dogs, though, because they never stop. And my studio is only partly soundproof, so... Obnoxious things like dog barking sometimes leaks through If it's Miko, we don't mind, but, you know, The Neighbors is another thing. Okay, let's get on with it, shall we? We read books on this show. We've been doing it from the very beginning, 450 shows ago. We've mostly read children's classic literature, you know, like the stuff they've banned from that school district, Peel District. Um, But we changed. We went over to George Orwell's 1984, read through that, and now we did Animal Farm. We're at uh, chapter nine, I think we moved on to last night. And so we're going to continue. We read a little bit of it every night, and then we continue on in our next show. Uh, We're getting near the end. I think there's 10 chapters in this book. So we're headed there. Next uh, week, probably, we will wind up... Uh, closing this book out and moving on to possibly Lord of the Flies. We'll see what happens. We're trying to get catcher in the rye, but so far, no luck. All right. So we move on to first published in 1944, George Orwell's Animal Farm. There were many more mouths to feed now. In the autumn, four sows had littered all simultaneously, producing 31 young pigs between them. The young pigs were piebald, and as Napoleon was the only boar on the farm, it was possible to guess at their parentage. It was announced that later, when bricks and timber had been purchased, a schoolroom would be built in the farmhouse garden. For the time being, the young pigs were given their instruction by Napoleon himself in the farmhouse kitchen. They took their exercise in the garden, were discouraged from playing with the other young animals. And about this time, too, it was laid down as a rule that when a pig or any other animal met on the path, the other animal must stand aside, and also that all pigs, of whatever degree, were to have the privilege of wearing green ribbons on their tails on Sundays. Well, the farm had a fairly successful year, but was still short of money. There were the bricks, sand, and lime for the schoolroom to be purchased, and it would also be necessary to begin saving up again for the machinery for the windmill. Then there were lamp oil and candles for the house, sugar for Napoleon's own table—he forbade this to the other pigs on the grounds that it might make them fat—and all the usual replacements such as tools, nails, string, coal, wire, scrap iron, and dog biscuits— A stump of hay was part of the potato crop sold off. The contract for eggs was increased to 600 a week, so that at that year, the hens barely hatched enough chicks to keep their numbers at the same level. Rations, reduced in December, were reduced again in February, and lanterns in the stalls were forbidden to save oil. But the pigs seemed comfortable enough, and in fact were putting on weight, if anything. one afternoon in February, a warm, rich, appetizing scent, such as the animals had never smelt before, wafted itself across the yard from the little brew house, which had been disused in Jones's time and which stood just beyond the kitchen. Someone said it was the smell of cooking barley. The animals sniffed the air hungrily and wondered whether a warm mash was being prepared for their supper but no warm mash appeared. On the following Sunday, it was announced that from now onward, all barley would be reserved for the pigs. The field beyond the orchard had already been sown with barley. The news soon leaked out that every pig was now receiving a ration of a pint of beer daily, with half a gallon for Napoleon himself, which was always served to him in the crown derby soup tureen. But if there were hardships to be borne, they were partly offset by the fact that life nowadays had a greater dignity than it had before. There were more songs, more speeches, more processions. Napoleon had commanded that once a week there should be held something called a spontaneous demonstration, the object of which was to celebrate the struggles triumphs of Animal Farm. At the appointed time, the animals would leave their work and march round the precincts of the farm in military formation, with the pigs leading, then the horses, cows, sheep, and poultry. The dogs flanked the procession, and at the head of all marched Napoleon's black cockerel. Boxer and Clover always carried between them a green banner marked with the hoof and the horn and the caption, Long live comrade Napoleon. Well, afterwards, there were recitations of poems composed in Napoleon's honor, and a speech by Squealer giving particulars of the latest increases in the production of foodstuffs. On occasion, a shot was fired from the gun. The sheep were the greatest devotees of the spontaneous demonstration, and if anyone complained, as a few animals sometimes did, when no pigs or dogs were near, that they wasted time and meant a lot of standing about in the cold. The sheep were sure to silence him with a tremendous bleating of four legs good, two legs bad. But by and large, the animals enjoyed these celebrations. They found it comforting to be reminded that, after all, they were truly their own masters and The work they did was for their own benefit, so that, what with the songs, the processions, Squealer's list of figures, the thunder of the gun, the crowing of the cockerel, and the fluttering of the flag, they were able to forget that their bellies were empty, at least part of the time. In April, Animal Farm was proclaimed a republic and it became necessary to elect a president and that's where we'll knock it off for tonight we'll pick it back up on monday and continue on with george orwell's animal farm Thanks so much for popping by, folks. Be sure and check out that list of sponsors in our show notes. You get some great deals there, including the amazing Blackout Coffee. There's Miko popping in to say goodbye. And don't forget, just give us a quick click on that follow button. It's free for you and helps the show out a lot. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Spend it with the people who mean something to you. And we will see you again on Monday. (laughs)
1: Not ha ha ha.